Thanks for tuning in to Organic Matters. I'm going to talk about something that I haven't talked about in a while because it sort of kind of just went in the wayside, but they're still there. And it's pipelines in our country. There's a controversial pipeline right now in Virginia, and it's facing a real setback for what we call environmental justice reasons. And another one I want to talk about in Missouri did catch a little bit of a uh, break, but now they got other problems looming over them. And there's a whole network of pipelines, folks, spanning the United States-Canadian border that faces a much shorter-than-expected lifespan due mostly to aggressive climate policies. From another side, just what do these pipeline fights say about the future of fossil fuels here in America? In a 6-to-1 vote, a Board of Virginia regulators Friday a week ago now, denied a permit that have allowed the developers of the Mountain Valley Pipeline to build a key piece of infrastructure for running the conduit, citing the state's environmental justice law, which has passed earlier this year, as the reason that permit was not allowed to go through. The piece of equipment in question was a compressor station that would have helped to more efficiently pump natural gas 75 miles into neighboring North Carolina. If passed, that that equipment would have been built within miles of several really low-income neighborhoods and communities of color that are already being heavily polluted by other heavy industries. It was the first substantial permit to go before Virginia's regulatory board since the passage of the state's environmental justice law which requires regulators to actively promote the idea of environmental justice, not just consider the issues at play during the decision-making. That may make Virginia's environmental justice law one of the strongest in the whole country. And, as more and more states adopt or consider some kind of law and regulation regarding environmental justice, the trend could prove to be a burgeoning legal hurdle for more and more fossil fuel developers. In a separate decision on that same Friday, federal regulators granted a temporary operating permit to the Spire Pipeline, which carries natural gas about 65 miles from Illinois into Missouri's St. Louis region. Until at least the longer-term fate of the two-year-old line can be decided. At the heart of the Spire Pipeline fight is the argument over the country's need for new natural gas infrastructure. As urban population centers continue to grow and demand more electricity for home heating and other uses. For years, utilities and pipeline builders have argued that the new infrastructure is necessary to meet growing demand and keep the energy supply safe and reliable, particularly on the coldest of winter days. But... Those arguments have been increasingly challenged by a number of environmentalists who say the money would be better spent on energy efficiency and renewable power, particularly as a growing number of states adopt laws to reduce their greenhouse gas emissions. In June, a federal appeals court agreed with that line of the argument, siding with an environmental group that said the Spire Pipeline shouldn't have been built in the first place. Ultimately, how that case pans out could be a sign of how big of a role natural gas plays in the U.S. in at least the next few decades to come. And finally, on the same subject, on Sunday, the Star Tribune reported that 
Enbridge Energy, which owns and operates the largest network of pipelines that bring Canadian crude into our, our country, to the U.S., including Minnesota's Line 3 and Michigan's Line 5. If you keep up with it, they're just very big pipelines. Now foresees the economic lifespan of that network only lasting at best till 2040, which is more than a decade shorter than previously predicted. The company blames the growing indigenous rights and climate movements both on our side, but even more so in Canada, for the problem. Unprecedented actions by state, local, and tribal governments to attempt to regulate and ultimately shut down existing pipeline infrastructure, such as experienced by Enbridge Energy in Michigan and Wisconsin. The, the change in direction of our upcoming and usable energy sources has actually come along much quicker than these companies thought that it would. They expected to have a 15 or 20, maybe even a three-decade use of these pipelines that are now, some are going to be canceled out as early as five to six years from now. And for my two cents, which I always do, yes, we still need natural gas. Yes, we're still going to make put gasoline in our cars for a while, but we've got to start heading that way. We can't just keep putting it off, again, for short-term profits, for even the biggest companies, and, and we've got to look down the road to more economical and definitely greener energy sources. So let's move on, I guess, sort of a more uh, feel-good. Uh, so for a change of pace a little bit, I'm going to move on to a few things that are just maybe almost feel-good things that we ought to all be thinking about. We're we'll going to start here with just four simple ways to reduce plastic use in your daily life. Plastic is by far the major land pollutant known to man. Its ability to degrade slowly is a blessing, but it's also a curse. It is a blessing because you can store items in plastic containers and bags for longer periods and a curse. Why? After all, it stays on land for a longer period. An average plastic bag takes 20 years to decompose. A plastic cup may take up to 35 years. Most of the plastic waste is dumped ultimately into the ocean, where it's also hazardous to our marine life. The cons of using plastic, in many cases, certainly outweigh the pros. With scientific discoveries happening every day, new and innovative materials are being produced that can easily alter plastics and are sustainable for the environment at the same time. Here are just some simple tips that I've come up with that can help you reduce the use of plastic in your daily life. The major use of plastic in our daily life is in the form of plastic bags. Whether you are bringing it from the grocery store or you have to pack your picnic food in one bag, plastic bags are used. Some women store their seasonal clothes in plastic bags to protect them from dust and humidity. These plastic bags are our go-to choice because we can easily dispose of them and they do not cost much. Well, we can get rid of plastic bags easily, but our earth can't. Probably the best alternative to a plastic bag is what I call a wine bag. I don't know where I got that. You know what a wine bag. Envision what that looks like. These reusable bags come in all shapes and sizes. They're eco-friendly and not really too expensive because you reuse them a number of times. Grocery stores can get these bags for the stores and either give them to the customer or, or sell them very inexpensively. And one of the questions that comes up, because I've been 
doing reusable bags for over a decade myself. No matter if I'm in a place where they don't, where they're allowed to use plastic, which I don't like, I still carry my own bags. But the question came up many, five or six years ago, somebody asked me on one of my radio shows, well, they get dirty, what do you do? Folks, you wash them. You wash them as part of your clothes, don't make a special, just throw it in there. It'll be plenty sanitized, and you'll be able to use them over and over. So they were saying, well, you're going to get you know all kinds of stuff built up in the bag. Well, if, if you mistreat it, yes, but if you get a, a decent quality bag of a, um, I happen to prefer cotton, because it's just a natural substance, it'll last you for years if you'll take care of it. I carry them on my electric bikes, I carry them in my car, I carry them in my pickup, and I'll even make myself go outside. If I go to a grocery store or a place and decide to buy something and I've forgotten my bag, I torture myself. I make myself set it there, I said I'll be back, I go and get myself the bag and bring it in just so I won't forget to do it again for a while. So it's, it's part of what you pay to be uh, a little bit friendlier to the earth. Once you think about using metal and wooden straws, plastic straws are by far the most widely used plastic material. Every restaurant, juice shop, cold drink corners, everywhere you go use plastic straws. We are all guilty of enjoying a glass of thick, yummy milkshakes or something once in a while. I don't happen to do that. With a straw, even at home. According to scientists, a plastic straw can take up to 200 years to decompose. Plastic straws can be easily replaced with metal and wooden straws. Metal straws have a longer life and can always be recycled. You can melt the metal and give it another shape and give it another life without damaging the land's environment. These reusable straws can be washed in your dishwasher perfectly safe. Wooden straws and bamboo, incidentally, particularly those made from bamboo, which is one of my favorite, are an environmentally friendly alternative to plastic straws. Get you, your kids, and everybody around, and even guests that come, uh, give them a straw. And while I'm on that, I actually serve my meals many times with chopsticks. And if people enjoy them, and most people now do use chopsticks, if it's a nice big meal and I have some people over, I get in these, I'm going to say $2 at the most, sets of really nice chopsticks. They come in a little slide. Usually it's a little silk or a fake silk cover. And when the people are through with their meals, I let them take them home. Reusable over and over again. Very low impact on the environment. It's kind of fun. The people think they're getting a little gift, and they are. And uh, especially kids, they love to learn to use them. So anyway, just another quickie to, to kind of help nature along a little bit. And let's touch on one more little pet peeve of mine. Disposable plastic cups and cutlery are particularly popular when it comes to hosting a party for a large number of people. Little do we understand that our laziness for washing dishes can cause havoc for the whole planet we live on over time. The plastic bottles we use for filtered water take about 400 years to decompose, folks. Don't even, it's hard to even comprehend. Even if you want to avoid washing a large number of plates and spoons, there are cutlery and, and I'll call it the word crockery, options available at the market that are made of organic materials such as vegetable and fruit peels, banana leaves. Uh, there was a bunch being made for years from cornstarch products 
Make use of glass bottles if you want to keep your water, you know, when you're outside the house. I like glass. If you have kids and you worry about glass, you can spend a little bit more money and invest in good stainless steel spill-proof cups for you and everyone in your family. So thanks for staying tuned to Organic Matters. That's just a few of the little things that come into my mind that I like to share with people, remind them once in a while. It seems like it's a, a daunting task to get ahead of the game, but it's really not. If you do a little bit different every day, you put in your LED light bulbs I talk about, you go to the non-disposable way of living as far as your basic eating and living products, you can do a lot yourself, and that ends up doing a lot for all of us.